Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the English with Grace podcast. This is a centralized hub for students, teachers, and English language learners to practice their English and listen to the differing opinions of other English speakers. The content and focus of this podcast will vary, and my goal is to introduce listeners to a variety of perspectives, backgrounds, and experiences as we discuss topics that are also presented in my English with Grace conversation classes. So I'm very excited to have you here. I hope you enjoy this discussion. And of course, like and subscribe if you like it. And I look forward to seeing you in some of our upcoming conversation classes. Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of English with Grace. Today, we're going to discuss a very popular topic um, in my classes, culture shock. Um, and I've invited Lauren. And first, I'm going to ask her to introduce herself. Lauren, uh, name, where do you call home? Anything else you want to share? And then how do you know me? Yeah, totally. Hello. Thank you for having me on. Um, so my name is Lauren. Uh, and I, I call Pasadena, California home. So just outside of Los Angeles. Um, I'm actually going to be moving. I went to undergrad in New York and I'm about to move back there. But Pasadena always, it'll always have my heart. So Love definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, I know Grace because we were students together for our masters at yes. the Middlebury Institute. Awesome. Um, Lauren, I'm actually having flashbacks. Did I first meet you in cohort in the cohort I left? There either it was like either that or like days before in one of the like TSOL TFL Zooms or something. But yes, yeah, Grace was my cohort coordinator. Basically, like for the new students, there would be one uh, previous student who would just kind of lead them through their first semester. And Grace was awesome. (laughs) You poor people. (laughs) Anyone who had a teacher as a cohort coordinator immediately knew. Like, let's do icebreakers. We knew it was going to be great, you know, and like organized. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. And now I'm having flashbacks to fully online uh, COVID grad school times. So, Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah, we haven't actually, we haven't met in person yet. Yeah. So maybe one day. I only met our professors at graduation. That was the first time. Oh, that's so wild. Ugh. Okay. Well, and I actually forgot that Pasadena is home to you. Uh, So coast to coast there. Maybe I'll bring you back for a little coastal comparison sometime. (laughs) Okay. um, And then I'm going to jump into the first question, which um, I would like you to also answer the languages you speak, but I think we'll get to that with this question. So we're going to talk about culture shock. And my first question is, has, have you lived abroad and where did you live? Yes. So in undergrad, I spent a semester in Harbin, China, and then a semester in Paris, France. Okay. So, and and so about languages, those are my main languages, Chinese and French. Awesome. Um, and did you start learning those in undergrad or when you were little? Um, so my mom took French in high school and college. Um, and when I was little, I don't really remember this, but she told me that, um, she said, if you learn French, we'll have a secret language. Um, and we can talk to each other in this secret language. And so that might've been why I started. I know I took some classes when I was younger and then like summer thing at Alliance Francaise in middle mm-hmm. school and then in high school is when I started taking it in school whereas with Chinese um my middle school had Chinese and basically oh. they gave us a little maybe three week long taster of Spanish French Chinese and Latin mm-hmm. um and Mandarin 
Uh, and so as soon as I took Chinese, I was like, wait, wait, wait. Cause I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to take French. I already know. But when I did those three weeks of Chinese, I was like, oh, hold up, hold up, hold up. I have to take this one. And I even said like, if I start Chinese now, it'll be easier than if I start it later. So like as when an 11 year old, school. I had that fun. Yeah. Yes. Uh, brilliant. <laughs> um, and so then I took it in school. And then when I got to high school, I had a tutor and then I took French in school. And then in college, I took both of, I took Arabic for a little bit, but then I oh was like, God. I can't graduate if I take three languages. So I had to stop taking Wow, Arabic. a true uh, so. polyglot. I always get that word wrong. Polyglot, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, polyglot. Wow. But, but not real, those people are like, you know, 10 and they're fluent. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just here with a love of it. <laughs> yes, uh, which is why I also just enjoyed my time at Miss and in TESOL, yes. TFL, so many language lovers and we can yes. really, get into it so um okay and you lived in china for how long did you say uh it was three and a half months and okay. france was four and a half months okay yeah um and would you say you're fluent in both of those yeah navigating yeah. the language okay um so then on today's topic do you think you experienced culture shock yes yeah, so it's it's really interesting because they prepared us in, in both situations they would talk about culture shock and things like that, but you just, you don't really know until you get there, you know? And, mm -hmm. and it, you're also thinking that it's going to be just like a, ah, because of the word shock, you know, yeah. like it's just going to be one thing that happens and you're like, what? And then, okay. But it, I, I feel like a lot of the time it's more just lots of tiny things that you didn't realize mm -hmm. were a part of your life until they're either different or they're not there or something like that. And so, mm -hmm in both places and also it was more surprising in france because i feel like you go in with the expectation that oh you know it's a similar culture or you know and europe and america very but like <laughs> so then it stood out even more when some of the things were different and so yeah. um yeah so i i definitely did. uh you're making me think of before i went to spain and ecuador they talked about the w so like right when you get there, you're all excited yes. and then you start to adjust <laughs> and then you come back up and adjust to the culture and then you have to go home and readjust. Yeah. to uh, Yeah. Yeah. And I had a bit of a almost language shock um, in China yeah. because we had so my the two programs were very different. Um, and in China, it was really an immersion program. And you had to that we had a language pledge, which I so appreciate because mm -hmm. it just took my Chinese to the next level. Okay. Um, but because of that, so like you, you were not allowed to speak English unless you were like calling parents or something. Oh, wow. Um, and, but at a certain point of the semester, my English was weird and, you know, and I would be talking to my parents and like, I remember forgetting the word for most one time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just was like the majority of, and like the big part of, because in Chinese, da bufen means the big part of. Uh -huh. and I was like, what? And then, like, a week later, I was randomly like, most, you know? <laughs> and so, I and that, that happened when I came home, too. Like, mm -hmm. just all of a sudden being back in this English only environment. And I was mm -hmm. like, what's happening? So, language shock was cool, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's something actually I've been experiencing. I think you can relate as a language teacher. Yeah. I think my English has gotten worse as I teach it. <laughs> And I'm going to share this story. My friends have heard it a lot. The other day I was trying to say the word uh, once, like, I think that's what mm. she wants. Mm. 
And I, instead of spelling it W-A-N-T-S, I spelled it once, like one time, O-N-C-E. <laughs> I was like, those two words are the same? Like, why do That's we, so why is funny. English? Um, so yeah, the the language shock and just language teaching and all of that, I think. Yeah. I've been thinking about that a lot. <laughs> um, okay, and then this is, I'm doing a typical Grace thing and going in circles. <laughs> yeah, no Can you say the name of the town you studied in again because in China? Yes. Because I think my student Miranda, if you're listening, <laughs> I think this is where she's from. Uh yes, so uh Harbin Harbin H A R B I N. Okay. Ice sculptures? Is it in yes. the north? Yeah. Oh my god. It's okay. the northeastern people say like if China is in the shape of a chicken it's the head of the chicken okay so. um i did a lesson on hometowns the other day and we got on google earth and i had everybody go to their hometown and talk about it Amazing. and i didn't know that small small world yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately i missed the ice sculptures because okay. i went home like a few days i think before oh. they put them up so i was there for all the cold but then i didn't get that <laughs> didn't the get the reward <laughs> yeah okay well lauren we'll go back maybe we can meet for the first time in china yes <laughs> okay um question three what shocked you the most and i'm gonna let you take that however you want it totally yeah i mean again so many little things but one kind of thread which which honestly has been my thread in in the US as well is just the way that in different places and in different cultures that we talk about and perceive race and ethnicity and identity mm -hmm. um there were so many aspects of that that I didn't realize were very american um and th that's another thing too like part of culture shock is understanding your own culture more because mm -hmm. everyone thinks that their own culture is just that's just how life is you know and even when you learn about other cultures it's it's hard to really understand that until you're immersed in another culture mm -hmm. um and you see that no these are there are so many different ways of going about your life you know yeah um but yeah and and, if, and in the u.s of course we're always talking about race and ethnicity um mm -hmm. because it's always an issue yeah um, and of course it's an issue everywhere but like it, it really is in the fabric of our history and our dna in this country Absolutely. um and and so you know even here growing up like people are always confused about my identity because i'm light-skinned but i'm black and that's just very confusing for people and i'm not biracial or anything both of my mm -hmm. parents are black and my grandparents are black and mm -hmm. their parents you know and so it just you know that's how it is and and you know as as time has gone on people have gotten more used to that mm -hmm. i've gotten fewer and fewer comments as the years have gone on um but but outside of the us people really aren't used to that um yeah and the bit and i i want to start by saying you know the biggest thing about all of this is patience like you cannot go into this kind of situation and expect people to to like know these things about you or to like say certain things you know like it, it mm -hmm. it's not their fault that there are certain images of the u.s that are being sent out you know and i mm -hmm. feel like in china that that was a big thing um mm -hmm. just people not comprehending that i was black at all and being yeah. confused or being like wait what like huh you know and yeah. i remember literally the first week i was i was trying to use chinese to explain it um, and I'm like looking up words like slavery, you know, like, because oh I don't know how to say slavery in Chinese. Um, right. And it was just, it was really, it, and to our friends. So in um, in our Chinese program, we each had a roommate who was going to um, Harbin Institute of, of mm -hmm. Technology. Um, and so that was so great because I feel like we really got 
to bond with them and 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 really understand youth not i, I guess for youth yeah like young people <laughs> culture yeah. in in china um but yeah that mm -hmm. was something that that i was constantly explaining and mm -hmm. and especially because in my program there was another girl who was dark-skinned and so it was obvious that she was black but people were like but you don't look like her and i'm like yes i know i know, I know. just <laughs> a constant like of you having to explain um yeah. your and, own and, identity yeah and the hair as well because people just think that like, like someone literally asked me if i curled my hair every day and i'm like for anyone who's just listening you know it, my curl pattern is very very um like the curls are very small yeah <laughs> so i'm like i'm thinking would, would this be around pencils like doing thousands of these every morning around a pencil you know like how how would i go about this oh my i gosh. don't know <laughs> the amount of time <laughs> yeah so wow. it was really funny um yeah. and 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 also and and a kind of fun aspect of being a Westerner that that speaks Chinese is people are always surprised, yeah. um, regardless of your at this. If you're if you don't look ethnically Chinese, mm -hmm. people are always surprised, and that's always kind of fun. It's like a, a fun little like hey hey I do understand. But yeah. one time I was in a museum, um, and oh now I'm trying to remember this this little girl. So in in Harbin, most um, people that a lot of people that aren't Chinese are Russian. And mm -hmm. so a lot of times people assume that you're Russian. Um, and a little girl pointed at me and said in Chinese, mom, look, she's Russian. And I just responded in Chinese, actually, I'm American. Ah! And I started walking away. And they literally, I, I used the word chase. It wasn't like a running high speed chase, but they mm -hmm. followed me through the museum asking if if um they could take a video with me oh and a picture with me and eventually i just said yes and i i got myself into that situation i should have just not said anything yeah but, but... you know like those kinds of things and just mm -hmm. feelings of otherness and and things mm -hmm. like that um mm -hmm. were kind of interesting in china but then in france uh it was interesting in a different way because people are used to light-skinned black people in france because a lot of people are but they're not they don't always know the history behind it in the yeah. US because in France it happened very recently, you know, there are yeah. lots of immigrants or there are just people that just recently have had interracial relationships or things like that. Mm -hmm. And one time my aunt uh, was visiting and we got dinner with one of her like old friends. Um, and somehow I don't know how we started talking about race, but they just they didn't uh, they had never put together the whole uh, sorry to bring it up again, but the whole slavery aspect of it. Please and don't apologize. Why, yeah. <laughs> Keep bringing it up. <laughs> and that that's why many Black Americans are light-skinned, that it wasn't, yeah. you know, a, a lovely situation. Yeah. Whereas in France, it's it was usually on purpose and, and mm -hmm. like consensual because people fell in love mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, and so that was interesting as well. So I, I definitely yeah. was able to blend in more um, but just and, and also I lived with a host family, so that was awesome, you know, talking with them about these things. Yeah. Um, and, and, and actually my host mom is from Spain, um, but her son, uh, so her son's dad, they're not together anymore, but her son's dad is from Africa. And so she had a okay. mixed race son. And so that mm -hmm. was kind of cool, too. And we, mm -hmm. we would actually talk about that every once in a while. Um, mm -hmm. So so, yeah, anyways, so two places that had very different Oh, oh, but but also, most importantly, in France, like, 
they really have an a, a attitude where we don't talk about race you know like she would talk about it with me because yeah. she was very familiar with american culture and she had an american boyfriend and, and things like that um but like usually that's not something that they like to talk about at all and like yeah. you're not i i think legally you're not able to collect data about someone's race on like a survey um oh wow and so it's it's just very much a we don't see color kind of society okay um which is a huge difference from China, which very much does see color, yeah. and then the US, which is just really, I don't know what we're doing over here. Yeah. Um, so just kind of- Does being, anyone? <laughs> does anyone? But I kind of, I realized oh. my, my takeaway from, from all of this, my, many takeaways, but um, mm -hmm. one, of course, is patience and understanding that people mm -hmm. have different backgrounds and different understandings of things, and that's totally fine as long as we're all being respectful and talking about it. Yeah. Um, but also I realized that I'm, I've gotten so comfortable with American perceptions of this, you know, mm -hmm. even though we're always complaining about it and we're always trying to fix it and, and better it. I realized that I was actually most comfortable with that. Um, and yeah. so it felt uncomfortable in these other situations just because it, it wasn't what I was used to, but it wasn't really better or worse ways of thinking about it. It was just different and that's yeah. what it made me uncomfortable. So yeah, yeah all those, those were my big takeaways from that. Wow, okay. So <laughs> I, this whole time I'm just sitting here thinking, I asked the perfect person for this topic. <laughs> that is such an interesting and just really detailed and you did a nice job explaining uh, that shock that you went through. And in my culture shock lesson, we use the quote, um, not better, not worse, just different. Mm, yeah. And yeah. I do think that, yeah, traveling, you can only really get that feeling from traveling and experiencing yeah. a very different culture. I remember I was in Wuhan, China for mm. about three months and yeah, I had the same thought, like this isn't, I'm not saying this is better or worse. It's just so different, it's just different. and you're completely out of your yeah. uh, element, but yeah, the whole um, topic of like your identity and how that's always just kind of been um, at the forefront, it sounds like, yeah. but then even studying abroad, it was, but in a different way. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Uh, and in everything you just sh said, I feel like there were four other topics that came out <laughs> yeah. of that that I would like to spend more time on, but I'll, I'll bring you back. <laughs> yeah, I kept almost going and I was like, all right, let me do the shortest possible version yes. of this story. Uh, I do not want to overlook <laughs> systemic racism, the history yeah. of slavery in the US or yeah, any of those yeah. topics. Um, and I, I try to talk about them in my classes too. So, um, but in the interest of time, we'll move on to number four, um, which I know you're a linguist too. So you'll like this question and then we'll do the quote or idiom. Um, so as a linguist, do you have anything you'd like to share with students who speak French and speak or speak Chinese um, that are learning English? Uh, what do you think they might struggle with the most or did you pick up anything um, while you were living there that might help them? I yeah because I I you know I thought about this question before but right now in this moment I rem I flashed back to um, studying with my friends and we were asking them um, questions about Chinese and they were asking us questions about English mm -hmm. um, and I, I think one of the most frustrating things potentially as an English learner is the irregular irregularities is that yeah. sure Just Let's all the it. irregular things yeah. <laughs> um, and because uh, you know, even as 
someone learning it as a first language, it's like, what do you mean that word is spelled that way? What? Like, yeah. why? Yeah. Um, and one way, th this may not work for everyone, but I personally love etymology. Um, and and I shout out to History of English podcast. Um, if anyone's interested in the, it's the history of the English language. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm like years behind in it, but I'm like in around middle English, like William the Conqueror just came. That's where I am right now. Um, <laughs> and it's a fascinating podcast, but before I started listening to it, um, I, I was very kind of just like mad at English. And I was like, you know, what is this? Why, why is it like this? And why is it so weird and irregular? Um, but I really started to appreciate how much that island has been through <laughs> linguistically and mm -hmm. culturally like you know you you have all these different like the the vikings and the, and the danes and the french and the and the romans and the blah 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 you know like and then of course yeah. the anglo-saxons who were already there um and like so there there there's a reason that all these different influences like people always say oh english is like three languages in a trench coat um <laughs> Yeah, have you heard that before? Yes, I have actually. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> it's I, I love that image. Um, mm -hmm. But thinking about that more helped me um, appreciate it more and not yeah. be as mad at it. Um, and I so I think embracing the irregularities um, mm -hmm. and and finding out those bits about etymology can mm -hmm. sometimes be helpful and can help you with other words that have similar weird things going on. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that would be a, a big piece of advice for me is just knowing Great. that all we do is break rules in this yes. language. Like that's just all it does. And that's just the language, you know? Um, and so embracing that and trying to your best to, to not be frustrated by it and just to know that it takes time mm -hmm. and the more input that you have and the more practice that you do, like it will come. Um, it's yeah it's very possible and like you totally can do it and you just have to be patient with yourself I'd say that's my biggest oh advice <laughs> oh, such good advice from a, a true teacher um, <laughs> and I I think that I've been experiencing that and I'm sure you have in Chinese and French um, with Spanish I mm. have decided to just let myself make mistakes Yes. And I always start my, I um, work as a bilingual transition navigator. And so when I talk to my clients, I tell them, I'm going to make a lot of mistakes. So let's just talk about that right now. And then yeah. I feel so comfortable just communicating rather than trying to sound perfect. So exactly. That's, that's yes. like the biggest thing that I tell my students, especially because I teach a lot of young students. Um, yeah. I mostly teach young kids Mandarin and I just really want to get it in their heads early that language learning is making mistakes. Absolutely. Like, you know, people don't come out of the womb <laughs> speaking their first language yeah. perfectly. That's not what mm -hmm. happens. And mm -hmm. that's a part of, and that's one of the things I loved about our program at Miss is learning mm -hmm. about the psychology behind error making and that it mm -hmm. really is part of the process. You have mm -hmm. to make those mistakes in order to make that connection in your brain. Yeah. Um, and so you have to be patient with yourself and yeah. forgive yourself. Like in, mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm also a sidebar. I'm an actor as well um, for the listeners. Just um, time out. I'm bringing Lauren back. I've got so much to talk to her about. But yes. But it, yeah. And in high school, one of the things we would say regarding like 
performing is forgive yourself immediately. You know, mm -hmm. if you make a mistake on stage, you can't just be like, oh, I'm the worst. Like, no, you have to keep doing the show. Nobody cares. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with language, what you just said about it's all about communicating, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so if you are just trying to be understood and really working through those those issues, like that, that yeah. is why we are here. So, yes. yeah. Um, I think that can be your start of a quote. Forgive yourself immediately. I love mm -hmm. that. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to parse out all the things you've said such Please. such wisdom lauren <laughs> okay. um and we're gonna transition into the last part of the podcast um i usually ask the guest to choose a quote an adm or an expression related to culture shock or just one that you personally like um does anything come to mind um i just i randomly and for I you know I scrolled through like so many idioms. I was like, gosh, what's my idiom? But honestly, one thing that my grandpa says all the time, and he's a very positive, optimistic person. Mm -hmm. Um, he's ninety, and he still has this like joy and optimism. Love he's it. a lot of times he says, "That's the way the cookie crumbles," <laughs> <laughs> and it's so cute. But honestly, I was like, that kind of does relate to culture shock, you know? Like, yeah. that's the way the cookie crumbles. And if, if anyone needs a a translation of that it's just kind of like it is what it is which is a thing mm -hmm. that my dad says all the time so mm -hmm. just accepting things um mm -hmm. and i guess that applies to language learning as well what we were just talking about like yeah. accepting that you are where you are in your language journey mm -hmm. and it is what it is and that's the way the cookie crumbles mm -hmm. um and that and it's the same thing with different cultures you know like they are how they are and you mm -hmm. can't you can't change them and you also shouldn't want to or try to change yeah. them. It's just learning how you can fit in to that and how you can still hold on to what makes you you and what mm -hmm. your values are, but still be able to navigate that other culture respectfully and and you know, and yeah. but still with curiosity and all of that. So just I think acceptance mm -hmm. is something that we don't always talk about, but is really important with with languages and, and yeah. cultures. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you take a lot of intercultural competency classes too? I with Neda. I didn't. Really, <laughs> I didn't really, but I. I like so one of the French classes I took ended up just being because uh, like I took it just for like to take a French class, but it kind uh -huh. of ended up being about um, intercultural competence, and then yeah, I think that might have been the only yeah one. But but also you know the, I feel like our program is just part of yes. that. And and both of the Chinese classes I took actually weren't about that, but they so so I took classes where the three of us were non-native speakers and everyone else was a native speaker, oh, and that wow. was very very stressful at the beginning. But our teacher Tai Laoshi is just literally the greatest human ever. I love her so much. Yeah. Um, so it, it she she got us through that, and you know she believed in us and all of that. Um, but it, it we ended up talking about cultural differences a lot and and comparing especially american culture with chinese and taiwanese mm -hmm. culture um and so yeah so we ended up talking about that a lot of those classes even though that wasn't strictly like the subject matter of yeah yeah so fascinating so we're at the end but i'm gonna have to invite you back <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> My you pleasure. have you have uh <laughs> 
triggered a lot of topics that I'd like to discuss with you. And I, <laughs> totally. It's been so much fun, uh, Lauren. So thank you for taking the time. Like you mentioned, you're busy with acting, TikTok, <laughs> teaching. <laughs> she does it all, everybody. So um, seriously, Lauren, thank you so much uh, for coming on the podcast. And thank I hope you for to have you back me. soon. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, everyone. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of the English with Grace podcast. I hope you enjoyed this discussion. If you did like this episode, please go ahead and like and subscribe and keep an eye out for more episodes coming soon.